The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. shirts and welcome to board with video games the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television you can think of us as the kirk and spock of gaming podcasts we're a proud member of the play some video games podcast network i am one of your hosts josh and joining me on this co-op adventure the guy whose logic balances my spontaneity kyle um <laughs> uh, kyle hmm Looks like Kyle took his role too seriously and returned to Planet Vulcan. Uh, don't come at me, Star Trek nerds. I can't keep up with the timeline of Vulcan was destroyed and or not. So uh, you can keep those comments. Uh, anywho, uh, as we teased on Thursday, this is a very special episode uh, of Border of Video Games. Uh, we are joined by Dan, I'm going to say Machado, and I hope that's correct. Perfect. From Smart Iguana Games. Dan, welcome to the show. And how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. It's it's uh it's funny because I brought this your game to the attention of the guys on the network, um, and never did I think we would be talking to you about this. Uh, I'll just say a unique board game, and we'll get into that uh, right. shortly. Uh, we'll just cover some housekeeping, and we'll get into some uh, what we've been playing. So, uh, thanks for joining us again this week, guys, and. You guys know how to find us. Send your feedback, questions, comments. Uh, fan fiction, as Kyle has been requesting, to boardofvg at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram as the same. Um, and if you want to communicate uh, communicate with us some more, drop into those DMs. And make sure you're getting us the Dice Tower Awards prediction picks, please. Uh, Hashtag your games and your pictures or the board with VG. And let's keep that conversation going. We love seeing all your pictures. Um, we're going to do a little bit of brief housekeeping because we're going to jump right into board games that we're playing. And typically I start, but because I'm hosting, Dan, have you been playing any board <laughs> games recently? I have been playing a lot of board games. Especially Gravity Warfare, you know, I got to play yeah. that. I got hours and hours of experience. Um, but there are a lot of games that I've been playing, a lot of new ones, which are always exciting to uh, to see how they work out on a mechanic with a specific theme and things like that. Sure. Anything that, what do you th- what can you think of as like the most recent that you played that isn't uh, Gravity Warfare? Uh, we played Ex Libris, if I'm oh, saying that right. Yeah, and that just won... Um... Best card game, I think, at Origins. No, yeah, at Origins. Um, is it about? Good for them. Good for is them. it about um, books, libraries? Yes, it's about a library. It's a pretty cool game. Uh, you, you're, uh, you're a librarian who are trying to collect uh, these books, which are the cards, and there are several books in the card, several types, and you're just trying to collect um, in alphabetical order 
and build a shelf with all your cards. And once there are not in alphabetical order, you lose the points and blah, blah, blah. But it's a really cool game. It's a really nice, uh, you know, sorry I'm not giving the perfect pitch for that oh, game. That's okay. That's okay. But uh, it is, uh, I can recommend that it. it's a really cool game. We just played it. My, my wife loved it. And, uh, but anyway, I won. So she didn't like it that much. <laughs> yeah, I know what that feeling is like. Uh, so that's by, that's by Renegade Games. Uh, and uh, what do you think? What's the difficulty? Is this like an entry-level game or uh, maybe like a more seasoned gamer? Egg flippers? Yeah. Well, they they do have a, a you know, with the player cards, there's a one side with an ability and the other side without ability. So you can play as a first-timer, uh, everybody without the abilities to reduce like that level of complexity. Of using a, an extra ability, but um, we played it with the abilities and it was just fine. Um, I think it could be as a medium introductory. You know, it's not the easiest game, but it's definitely not very difficult. Um, as you play the game, you will see the the difficulties in building the shelf perfectly, so that not only you're in alphabetical order, but there's another level to it where there are cards with the same letter but they have numbers on them. So there's one through 10 or one through five. So not only do they have to, do they have to be in alphabetical order, but also in numerical order. If you have more than one A, they have to be in also numerical order. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's decent. It's really, uh, the difficulty is not that bad. So I recommend it. Nice, cool. So definitely a game that we've been looking at. We were looking at Apex Unplugged and uh, there was too long of a line to even play it. So yeah. it's definitely on the, on the wish list. Yeah. So for me, um, we re-recorded yesterday, which would be, we recorded on Wednesday, so when you're listening to this, it'll be a few days ago, but um, we talked about some games that we played recently, like Century Spice Road. Um, it's a good one. And My wife loves it. She wins every time. Yeah, we, we started with Gollum Edition, which was kind of backwards, but uh, we loved it so much, we really wanted to get the, just for the art alone, get the uh, the original version of it. Um, but we played uh, recently... We played Muse. Have you heard of Muse? I have, but I think I've heard of two Muse games. Okay, so it's it's essentially like like um, it's kind of like Dixit meets a more social party game. Okay. Uh, I know Dixit could be a party game, but um, you have a, a deck of cards that is full of very nice art, and they're, they're about the same size as Dixit cards too. Um, and then you have a smaller deck. Uh, that you shuffle and it has like things you have to do like um, what was the last one like a non-fictional piece of clothing and what you would do is when we first played it it was just my wife and I and it's really not meant to be played for two players even though there are rules for it Um, it's definitely for parties so we played it with six people more recently and you split the teams in half and what you do is you draw six um, picture cards and you draw two rule cards and the opposing team picks so the team that's playing picks a player that's going to do what they have to do the opposing team actually picks the um, image card and the card they have to use to uh, one of them might be like whistle a song or use one or use a hand gesture to describe the card so then you'll give the opponents the challenge card I'll call it and then they get to see the card that they're going to act out okay. for their team. And then you show them the other five cards and they show the whole team the cards. So they have to guess based on the six images, which one was their original clue from. So like the first game we played, it was like pick a color and 
they were like four cards that had blue on them. So we were hoping like, if then they did say blue, and then right. that team had to kind of figure out out of the six cards, which one was the blue card. What was the pantomime for blue? <laughs> well, in, that, in that case, they just had to use a color. They didn't have to pantomime oh, it. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's not it's not my favorite game, only because people didn't seem to be enjoying it as much as I was. I guess okay. so. I think you have to find like the right balance of party games. If not everyone's enjoying it, it's kind of tough to bring that back to the table. Um, but I'll try it like with family, like on holidays, because they're a little bit more, um, they're not into the hobby as much. So they kind of, you know, I feel like they might be more into like fun kind of not so serious kind of games. So we'll see. It also could fail terribly too. So you never know how that's going to go when family gets yeah, I mean, there's always, there's always different opinions and different tastes for games. You know. Yeah, because... We still can't teach my aunt code names, so I don't know. <laughs> we might be hopeless for teaching them games. All right, so that's our tabletop. Um, so we don't even know, Dan, do you play video games? And what are you playing if you do? I do play video games. I mean, I do, I'm do. i not a video gamer that much, but I do love zombie games. Um, I think the game that I've played the most, and I think the only game, well, not the only game, uh, I do play Left 4 Dead a lot. I do like shooting the zombies and, you know, especially with the co-op and playing with other people where they're the, they're the zombies and you're the survivors and you're fighting each other. Yeah. It's really cool. And I, and I enjoy it thoroughly. Um, but I have played other games that I also enjoyed Diablo. I'm a fan of Diablo. Okay. Um, and uh, Age Origins. Oh, Age of what? Origins. Or Age, of, Age of Empires. Oh, Age of Empires is another one. But no, it's, yeah. it's uh, Age of Origins or oh. Origins? Dragon. Dragon Origins. Or Dragon Age. Dragon Age. <laughs> Dragon Age. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, Dragon Age. Awesome. It's Dragon Age Origins. That's what the, yes. the title is. I'm crazy. But yeah, Dragon Age I play. It's been a while since I played that one. But uh, I do like those games. Uh, Dragon Age is pretty pretty cool in the, the way that it slows down and you play as each character for their turn. It's, it's pretty cool. Nice. So, yeah. Now that you mentioned, do you play uh, Age of Empires? I, you know, I, I I was thinking about picking up the remaster on Steam because it's on sale. Um, but back in the day, that was like, it was Age of Empires and Command and Conquer. Those were our games. Like, in, in a house where we used to have two computers, like my brother would go in one room and he'd be building his empire and I'd be playing against him in the other room. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the Age of Empires series and I think it's long overdue for a new one. Uh, they, they have it on sale on Steam. What a bummer! Yeah. Yeah. I just bought I just bought it like two months ago. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about this guy. It might be. Yeah, might I, be swear, I love this game. I love Age of Empires, and for the longest, I thought that game just died. You know, nobody yeah. played it anymore. It's old, and I just you know, it, I never heard of it anywhere, not on not on the video platform. So I just never heard it. People saying it, just oh, it yeah. probably just it died. But I found a um a youtube channel t90 official it's like oh they play edge vampires and i click it as like, oh these are cool old videos of the guy you know just talking about the game or or um <clears throat> you know commenting on the game and look yeah. at the date that was like yesterday like <laughs> there's no way and they have like thirty thousand views it's incredible like there's a, there's still a community and i love it and uh the reason 
for that is because um I oh the reason I was looking for that is because I came up I was trying to develop a a cool uh, empire building game and you know I was trying to see you know the old game that I used to play and I want to see it, maybe uh, get inspired and see if uh, I can pull something out of that game and yeah um, yeah but uh but yeah there's still a community and uh, I love it I got the game and I'm playing I suck I don't know if I can say that in your podcast <laughs> yeah you can but you I'm can. not as good as I was before I can say that right now I'm yeah, a no, total, I definitely hear you in that. noob now so um, have you played or uh, Civilization before I have not I okay have not. so I had never played it um, it's uh, Civilization six is out now but. It kind of came out around the same time I was playing Age of Empires, and I always looked at it at least when I was a kid as like a like a less fun, more like because it's political, like and you have to deal with like all these different aspects, not just fighting. Right. Um, at least so I thought. But um, since I just got, I just upgraded my PC, so I've been joining all the PC gamers again, and my buddy has convinced me to get Civilization Five, which is like thirteen bucks right now, yeah. and it's basically a better Age of Empires. Uh, it's you have all the same stuff from Age of Empires, building like a military, um, but you also um, you're also developing like a, your own country. Like I started as Greece, and you you choose where to settle like your city. You and I settled on like on the side of water, so I could have a harbor and a lighthouse. And then you send out like scouting parties, and you have to fight off barbarians to keep your land. <laughs> and then eventually you can run into other players. Um, but I suck at it too. I didn't know what I was doing. And the guys okay. I was playing with, they, they're like, compared to me, they're seasoned veterans. Like yeah. I didn't know you could build a city on top of your city. So for three hours we played, I, I just had one city. And I was <laughs> yeah, just getting crushed by barbarians. Yeah. And they're thriving with like four cities, five cities, keeping going. I'm like, uh. but it's really good. I, I would say... Uh, if you're looking for any kind of inspiration, it definitely adds a lot to what Age of Empires offers. Yeah. So it's pretty good. We're enjoying it a lot right now. Um, and then today I tried, there's a game called Level Up Heroes that dropped on Game Pass. If you have Xbox uh, Game Pass, it dropped day and date. So it's free for Game Pass. It also dropped on PlayStation. I think it's a $30 game. Um it's a little cutesy kind of game for me, but it's a little hack and it's a hack and slash game where you're reviving ghosts of dead soldiers and you can use their spirits to summon things to fight on your side. Um, and I guess as you play through the game, there'll be a point where you can create your own levels and you can share them with the community. Um, and after I completed the first level, it said um, you have unlocked cross platform play. So uh, I'm assuming that means I'll be able to play uh, with people on the PC. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe the Switch, if it comes out. I'm not sure what consoles it is out on. I know we won't be able to do that with PlayStation because they don't like to play with others, uh, yeah. which is well, what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, right now, um, the last console I owned was Nintendo 64. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, Nintendo. that's not a bad thing. No, it's a great. I mean, it's a great console, and I, I have one, and um, you know, I have a couple games, Super Mario, of course, but I'm trying to get uh, Super Smash Brothers, which is, you know, who doesn't want Super Smash yeah. Brothers? Yeah. But that's for reminiscing and for the nostalgia of having that game. I think I'm, we're I'm a couple weeks to... out from an announcement of the mini for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing next. 
That'd be cool. But no, yeah. I'm definitely a PC gamer. I can't do the joystick, the double joystick. I'm I'm done. I'm if you give me a joystick on the Xbox, I'm the guy that everybody's making fun of because I'm like looking up and spinning, yeah. <laughs> and I can't I can't do the double joystick. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have my Xbox controller plugged into my computer, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm the <Yeah>. opposite. <laughs> It's been so long. Once you get away from PC gaming, like everything is foreign. Yeah, no, yeah. but I, I tell my friends, like, oh, I'll, I'll kick your ass in an Xbox or PS4. I like, no, you're not. Just give me a keyboard and a mouse that I can plug into that console. You'll see what's up. <laughs> That's right. I know. I mean, we're not too far from. I think you can use a keyboard and mouse on the Xbox now. Yeah. So we're getting there. It's all going to become one thing eventually. Yeah. But I heard that um uh, this guy, you know, you can't connect with Xbox and PlayStation and, and computer because of a you know code or whatever. Yeah. And apparently this guy hacked into the mainframe server or whatever and took away that code and everybody could play together, like Xbox and PS4 and Yeah, PC. for a minute. Yeah. yeah. That lasted like a month and like rushing to fix it's like it's it's fixed. <laughs> it's like yeah. this is perfect. Why are you trying to take this away? Yeah, and some yeah, dude flipped they, the switch and then yeah. Sony was like, well, flip that switch back. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we can't have that. Uh, I give them, I give Sony grief, but they're doing it for a reason. They need to make money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone does. That's what we're in it for. Well, not me. I'm not in it for money. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But enough about video games. Let's move on to the big topic of the show. Uh, the whole reason why we have you here. And... Uh, since we have this excellent opportunity to talk to Dan from Smart Iguana Games, uh, it seems like that's what we should do. Uh, you have a <laughs> crazy, in my opinion, unique game. Um, I'm just, if you are on Kickstarter, if you just go to the search bar, Gravity Warfare comes up, and you guys are killing it right now on Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to – so Kyle and I have some questions uh, and we're just going to go through them, and we'll chat on it. And if we don't have anything more to say, we'll move on, and we'll see right, what we can yeah, fit in. Perfect. I haven't started a recording time on this, so who knows how long we've been recording. <laughs> we're just going to keep on going. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, let's start uh, with the first question. Seems like the obvious one. Uh, how and when was Gravity Warfare conceived? All right. Well, Gravity Warfare... Um was developed in the last couple of years, but my dad had actually come up with the idea when we were kids back in uh, 2003, 2002. Um, he says he dreamt it one day on the couch and he just got up and he's a master carpenter. So, and we have a, a wood shop and uh, he just got, you know, got his tools, made the, made this little wooden prototype of a game with a uh, self-balancing platform. And then we were putting wooden chips on it or you know, rocks sometimes. And it was pretty cool. It, it worked the same. And we had a, a bunch of fun playing it. And, uh, well, it got put away, as you can see. in the. We made uh, like a little video of the family history for um, for the game itself. If you look yeah. up on YouTube, it's Gravity Warfare, our history, or our story, actually. And uh, you'll, you'll hear the whole story. But it was it was pretty cool that he found it some years later or you know, just recently, 10, 15 years later. He found it, and then he brought it over to the house. He's like, oh, I remember that game. It's pretty awesome. So we started playing it. I like, we should, you know, we should try to uh, work on it and make it a, like an actual game with the cards and, and depth. And that's what we have now. Uh, it's a pretty cool game, and everybody really enjoys it. That's awesome. I mean, pretty you don't hear yeah. about something like that happening very often. 
um, I can tell you in my in my basement, there's nothing uh, constructive. It's a it's a totes a baseball card. So, <laughs> so that's yeah. that's pretty huge. Um, and that must be awesome having like your dad like basically what like be like the inspiration for your game, so to speak. Yeah, I mean like, he's a he's a driving force. I mean, he definitely came up with the game. Uh, he came up with the um, the balancing mechanic, which is a uh, patent pending at the moment. And which is, it makes it perfect. It, we had an issue with the platform where if it was fixed, the pivot point where it balances, uh, the platform had to be perfectly made. The ejection molded or the wooden board had to be perfect because even a quarter of a gram off on one side, it will just tilt and it won't be right. balanced. So we found a you know pretty good mechanism to resolve that issue. And it's, you know, doesn't matter how imperfect the board is, we can have it 100% balanced. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, well, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's uh, let's see. So what, what do we have next? We have, uh, so have there been any significant changes to the game? So from what you, besides what you just kind of covered with um, the balancing, um, what's the biggest like changes you've had from, uh, when it was pulled out of the basement to like where we are now, oh, significant changes. The only thing that stayed was the the shape of the board because my dad really liked it. And uh, but every uh, the the I have it here somewhere. I know. I wish I could show you. But you know, it's a podcast. The listeners won't be able to see. Yeah, can't see. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. But uh, it was uh, it was small, maybe uh, eight inches or seven inches wide, and maybe four inches of the of the table. And, uh, you know, you put these uh, three-quarter or inch uh, inch discs and you put them on and you, there's a big, big one die that he made. It was, you know, it was fun because it was almost as big as a platform. It was pretty big for us when we were kids. It was, you know, big in our hands. Yeah. And we thought, oh, it's green. So we put it on the green area or blue area. It's just colors back then. And it was just that simple. You roll the die and you put your chip on the color. And then you try not to make it fall. And whenever you, you did make it fall, you lost. But, um, yeah, it changed a lot. We have uh, cards, which are the challenges that you use for people. And we have events that you can use to influence the game. We have defense cards. Then there's abilities or hero cards that you use. And there's, um, there's double-sided. So one, one side of the platform is uh, a mothership. The other side is a space or planets. And you have separate dies for each side and a die for the troops. So you're not, you're not putting... Uh, you know, wood discs, you're just putting uh, three different types of troops or pieces, which are tanks, uh, starfighters, and um, spaceships, which are all different size. But they all, the cool thing is these pieces are designed to stack together. So you can put them on top of each other. It uh, doesn't matter the color. You can just put them on top and stack them for points. So if you stack more on nice. top of each other, it makes it a lot difficult, but you, you get rewarded. So Great. So this is like a fully, this is a dexterity game, right? Yes, it's a, it's mainly a dexterity game, but we we went the extra mile to try to add the the complexity of card management because you have the cards and you, there's only a certain ways that you can get more, and the strategy of using your cards at perfect in the perfect timing. Because uh, because if you start if you just start throwing cards at players, you know they may they may not have the full effect. But if you all, because you can all talk, there's always table talk, and the 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 game encourages you to talk and conspire with other players to try to make the active player lose. And oh, I'm, I'm gonna put this. Oh, you make a spin, and I'll make this, and then you use chopsticks, and then he has to do all that. So, uh, but you know, you gotta be careful because then there's gonna be you that's gonna be conspired against. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Awesome, great, great. 
Okay, so this was my question. I think so. Some of these questions I had Donnie ask you uh, for the listeners. Um, Donnie and Dan did an interview at MomoCon, and right. uh, Donnie, well, the audio wasn't great just because of the, the show floor and and all that stuff. So, so this was a question that I wanted to ask you, and that I wanted to comment on afterwards. Um, but what was the reasoning uh, to choose Kickstarter instead of looking uh, for a deal with like a large publisher? The reasoning behind us getting or wanting to go Kickstarter is because we we created this game and spent so much time in developing it as a family because we, we all had a big part in it. Uh, my sister, she's the artist. Uh, she made all pretty much all the art in the game. Uh, my brother, he's a 3D designer, so he designed all the pieces, the, uh, the cabin, the you know everything in the game pretty much. And uh, we didn't want to just let that go. That was a, an idea, and, and we're kind of still open to that idea because, you know, we, we're we open. <laughs> There's yeah. nothing more to say. But we're open to that idea. But uh, when we were speaking with publishers about um, giving them the game and the getting royalties for, for making the game, uh, the uh, it wasn't that impressive, or we wouldn't be able to even recover what we've invested in, in developing this game. So it, it wasn't really... Um, that attractive for us to give it to a publisher because this is a really good idea and it sells by itself. Yeah. And so we decided to just create a company and, you know, dive into this business and get into, get into board games, try to do it ourselves. And you know what, even if we, uh, well, we're always successful, but yeah. it takes a lot to continue with the company and we learn, you know, we've definitely learned since our first Kickstarter, that we launched and had to cancel. We um, we learned a lot, and this one is a lot more successful and got all the kinks out, so it, it's a really learning experience. Cool. Uh, so I guess what I wanted to know, like when you guys were looking at Kickstarter, was it any bit like overwhelming? Did you worry about the amount, like the, the saturation of board games on Kickstarter right now? Um, or was it just kind of like, we're going to do this and, you know, we're set to go and we'll, you know, we'll make it happen, whatever. No, we, we had that, um, we have that mentality of just, you know, we got to get it done. Excuse me. We got to get it done and, uh, you know, just go for it. Cause this is what we're doing and we have to do it. Yeah. That's just, that's just it. But, um, we did try to navigate around the dates of Kickstarter. We knew that there were some games that were coming out, really popular games. So we tried to avoid some dates and, um, this second time, we didn't do that because we wanted to promise 30 days. Yeah. Um, we had the last one that we did try to plan out, so we didn't have anything crazy uh, launching in the you know within the week. So that was a good launching. This one, we just wanted to do 30 days after the previous one, and that's what we did. Okay, cool. Uh, so you kind of alluded to it earlier, and I just before I ask you about it, I just wanted to tell you um, I was an original backer. Um, okay. And I thought it was great what you guys did because uh, you never see people do that. Um, but can you talk about um, the decision uh, to cancel the original Kickstarter and yeah. uh, what kind of went into that? Yeah, there was a, when we did cancel the campaign, the, the first two comments on our comment section was WTF. <laughs> and uh, I, know, I know that feeling and it, it is crazy, but um, we didn't want to deliver a game just to deliver it. Uh, a lot of people are, that are out there are just in it for the money. And, you know, we got the money, let's just do it, get the game out there and, and you know, we'll we'll fix it later or whatever it is their uh, train of thought. 
we did see some errors in our campaign. Uh, the first one was the shipping. Um, we were a little expensive on our international side, which was, uh, was really detrimental to our campaign and getting those international backers because we were, I was getting a lot of messages and I was losing a lot of backers because, you know, it was too expensive. So that was one thing that we wanted to address and fix. Uh, the other one was the fact that we made the game, it was two to four players. And then we had a, the idea of adding the fifth and sixth player as an expansion. So we made the prototypes, which we make, we make them ourselves. Uh, just a couple of parts that we just can't make. But um, we make the games and we wanted to make it full to show it at conventions. You know, this is what the game could be. It is full to the six players, blah, blah. But people really got used to that. Our backers got really used to it. And when they saw on our previous campaign, there was two to four players with a fifth and sixth player expansion at a, I think it was 40, 50,000, $60,000 goal. Uh, four to fifth, uh, fourth and fifth, uh, sorry, fifth and sixth player at the $60,000 mark. And we did have an incredible start, but we did hit a kind of a roof in the middle of the campaign. And the question started lingering whether or not we were going to get to 60,000. And that question started to come up in the comments, which is understandable. People really want this, uh, the six-player expansion. But that was actually causing us to lose backers because some people were actually not pledging because we weren't at that level yet. Yeah. And so we were losing some backers because they didn't expect us to get to that level at the end. But And they wanted the six-player expansion. Right. So we saw that a couple of days where it was really uh, bad numbers for the campaign. And we, we, we just decided to, you know what, let's just put some breaks on here. Let's just reset. We're going to offer the game like you guys want it. Cause we want to, we want to give the backers what they want, you know, shout out to my backers. <laughs> Thank you for supporting <laughs> us. I know you guys are listening to this, you know, maybe in a couple of days, but um, you know, I really want to make you guys happy. And that's why I decided to cancel. I did not think that it was going to be, a big deal since we wanted to, you know, if we're going to reset, we're going to fix all this really quick and just launch, launch in 30 days. So it's not a, that much of a big delay. It's just a, an, an inconvenience, hopefully. But, you know, I think it worked out. We, we yes. canceled it and we wanted to make our backers happy. We re, uh, restructured the campaign to make that happen. And we launched in, you know, June 20th, eight days ago. And we're already at around 36,000. So that's, that's yeah. better than last time, I think. Yeah, no, it's great. I think that uh, that's rare. I don't think you see, there's a lot of nightmare Kickstarter pr things out there. And I know a lot of people get upset about the shipping, especially like if you look through a lot of comments on Kickstarters, the international crowd is getting charged a lot. So it's nice that yeah. you guys kind of saw that opportunity to fix it. Obviously, it was a business decision, but... Um, you're going to make a lot of people happy by making it easier for you guys to get your games into people's hands. Yeah, it's definitely uh, you know, a couple bucks cheaper here and there. There were some countries that weren't even included last time, and this time they are included, and they're you know less expensive than last time. Yeah. But you know, there's always that section of rest of the world that always ends up being too expensive. But you know, there's really not much we can do at that point. Right. But yeah, I think the campaign is looking much better. We have not only that we find better shipping deals, but we as a, you know, as a step forward or the uh, going the extra mile, um, we decided to if you're going to you can order one to three games in the cluster pledge and we won't charge extra shipping. So you will only pay shipping for the cost of one unit and you can get up to two units added to that at no extra shipping cost. That's great. So, yeah. Awesome. So 
You're right in the middle of your Kickstarter campaign, right? So uh, my oh. question is, how does that affect you in like your daily <laughs> personal and, and professional life? Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's time consuming. Um, it takes a lot of planning uh, ahead of time. And even during, you have to be flexible and adaptable. Uh, some things change, ideas start flowing, and you want to make some changes here, changes there. Like last time, um, a lot of people were surprised that we canceled because, you know, they expected us, we, we were funded, and they some people were like, well, I think you're going to get hit 60. But we were we didn't want to wait, like, right up, right until the end, maybe two days before, that we see that maybe, maybe we'll get there, and then maybe we would have went past it easily with flying colors. But maybe we weren't going to pass it. And then I didn't want to wait until just a few days before um, the end of the campaign to decide to cancel it. So that's why we canceled earlier. Um, but I did lose my train of thought, and I don't know what the question was. <laughs> that's okay. It's just how, how is the Kickstarter affecting you okay. uh, in daily life? So ha having that adaptability and flexibility of during the campaign, uh, a lot of things come up. A lot of people want to give you offers. Uh, we have a lot of retailers that are interested, uh, international distributors. And we had, you had to balance all that, including um, ad management, you know, getting all the campaigns out there, all the press releases and mailing lists and et cetera, and et cetera, YouTube videos, Facebook videos, Facebook. So everything, you have to really balance and have a plan, balance out everything and have a plan. But you do, even if you're super busy, even if you're, um, you know, unless it's an emergency, you have to take some time off. So yeah. It, at any job, including Kickstarter, and I don't want to seem like I'm not taking it this seriously. I take this very seriously, but at a certain time, I gotta, you know, make sure I separate this office in my house from the rest of my house, which is in my life. <laughs> so I leave this here and I go enjoy. I have some dinner with my wife and talk to her and watch some TV. But you know, you always have your phone, <laughs> making yeah. sure nothing, nothing's <laughs> crazy coming up. But uh, but yeah, you have to take time off, and um, it's crazy. It's crazy. I bet. I can't imagine. Yeah. But, but it's good, right? It's awesome. Good experience. <laughs> I do. I, it's, it, you have to do it. You have to do Kickstarter. If you're in any kind of business that you can use Kickstarter as a, as a platform to get you somewhere, uh, do it and do it with a smile on your face. Don't, don't get too um, bogged in, a, in the details or anything. If you have a good idea, a good project, or if you're even passionate about a project and not even really a good idea, but you're just passionate and you want to get it done, some people might just support you. And, you know, it's an experience like anything else. And then you're going to learn. You're going to yeah. learn. Cool. So before we started recording, we were talking and about all these conventions you've been to. So that leads yeah. into the next question. Uh, the game has a table presence uh, and it draws a crowd uh, for sure. So how has it been demoing the game, going to all those cons? And uh, what's the feedback been from the people experiencing the game? Oh, the feedback has been amazing. We really haven't received, excuse me, <clears throat> much negative feedback. We really haven't received that much negative feedback going to conventions. Um, even in the early days, we did go to uh, Dice Tower. Dice Tower was our first con, like I mentioned before. And um, even then, I know that the game is not as good as I think it was back then. <laughs> it wasn't as good as I thought it was back then. Sure. But it's definitely not as good as it is now. We have evolved a lot ever since then because we have pl players that saw us on Dice Tower and saw us later maybe at MumbleCon or at Origins, and they're like, this game is not the same. 
So I know it changed a lot. So and it changed for the better. The the emotions that I felt the the first convention in Dice Tower, it was incredible. It was you have this game on the table and people I'm playing explaining this game and just people stop next to the table, surround the table, and they want to see this crazy balancing platform that doesn't fall. How is that happening? And then they see the pieces all on the on the board, and then it's tilted, but it, it has to fall. Why is it not falling? That's what people <laughs> think. Like, what? And then people are trying to put that last one on there, maybe, and then everything goes uh, goes to the table or falls. Everything falls, and everybody's having a good time. Even the person that just lost the round is like, "Oh my god, I lost!" And then you know, smiling and having a good time, and everybody around is like, "Oh, you almost had it." <laughs> even at even your opposing team, even the opposing players, I mean, they're like, "Oh, you you should have done this, or you could have done that." And, you know, you you almost had it, and it, it's really fun to see people having uh, that much fun in the game. And not only that, but after a while playing at Dice Tower, I took a break and I went over to you know check all the games, talk to the publishers or, the, or designers that were there. And I look back, and there's a couple of clicks here and there, groups of people watching on the tables, but this big, you know, circle surrounding our table, and they're they're all watching the game, and it was really humbling. And I love that people really enjoy the game, and and you know, we're having fun playing it. And it, it was the same experience at every convention. Yeah, uh, we went to plenty of conventions. I don't know if we were recording when I said that. No, that was we before. To, yeah, right, right. We went to GenCon, Dice Tower Con, Dragon Con, uh, Shush Con, Whose Turn Is It Anyway, uh, Scare Up, which are local conventions here in South Carolina and North Carolina, um, FWA, uh, which other ones? I know I'm missing a bunch, but uh, so many. We've been there's no way you can remember them all. <laughs> yeah. Been to a lot of conventions and it's been pretty awesome. We have this year, we're going to go to Dice Tower in what, a week? Yep. And. Uh, we're going to go also to Gen Con and Dragon Con, which are already scheduled. Nice. And other than that, you know, it's all, it's all from here. <laughs> no, that's great. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I just, I would say for anyone listening who hasn't actually seen Gravity Warfare, like do yourself a favor and go check out that Kickstarter page because I promise you, you've never seen a game board, never mind the game, just a game board like this. So, <laughs> Um, it's it immediately catches the eye, uh, which is what drew me to it right away. So oh, yeah. um, we had this idea. Oh, BJG Con is another one that we went to. Oh yeah, I got BJG. Um, we had an idea because we we went to a convention. I think it was Gen Con, and we saw all these um, like Catan games on the floor. You know, this huge Catan, and you know, you always see the huge. Uh, chess game that people yeah, just move yeah. the king. Oh, it's huge pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, that's real. That really catches the attention of people, and that's for the novelty. It's really fun to do that. So we decided to do a jumbo version of the game. So we have this jumbo version of Gravity Warfare that is wow. huge. You know, people size, and you grab the pieces at like fist size, and you put it. And the first time we tried it was at Dragon Con, and it was amazing. We were we had so many people coming in that saw the big platform was like oh my god this looks awesome they played it it's like oh you know what we have a, we have this little one board game version that we have on Kickstarter they said oh that's a little one and they're saying oh my god and then you know they play both of them and it's it was really awesome uh, one of our most tiresome conventions we were there yeah. from early in the morning setting up. And it was really all thanks to the staff at, at uh, DragonCon. They allowed us to be right in front of the game library, 
across from the main hall, which was like everybody that wanted to go into board games, they had to see us. Yeah, Along with us, awesome. other players that were there. But yeah, we had all this traffic and then constant people. Almost, we had to kick people out of games. Almost. Because <laughs> um, we didn't do that. But almost, we're like, okay, that's how you play. Is it? All right, we got to get another group here. Sorry. Yeah. And then it, constant people. So it was really awesome. And we're glad that we got all these people playing. And and just seeing the seeing the game and knowing the name Gravity Warfare. Nice. That's a great yeah. problem to have. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right. So all right. So we're like let's look into 12 days from now. Kickstarter, your project's over. It's already mm -hmm. funded. So you can have all your post-production on the game and shipping and backing. But what I want to know after Gravity Warfare, the initial Kickstarter is done, mm -hmm. what is next? For you, are you gonna take a little vacation? Do you have other games you're thinking of doing? Are you thinking of expansions? Like, what do you think is uh, next for you after? I know it's a little, maybe even presumptuous to, to ask you this question, but is there something after Gravity Warfare? Oh, there's plenty after Gravity Warfare. Uh, we have all these ideas that we wanted to implement into this game, but it, it was too much, too much stuff. And for we wanted to really dial it back because even at the beginning, before we even launched the first campaign, we wanted to do a uh, deluxe version of the game, including the jumbo and offer in the in the Kickstarter, which you know one was was just a little bit more expensive than the regular one, but the jumbo was really expensive and a nightmare to manufacture and like the logistics and all that, it was crazy. So we decided that we were doing just a, a little too much on our first go, our first Kickstarter and our first game. And uh, we just wanted to, you know, dial it back, just stick with the basics, maybe add a few things here and there, which we did, but really stick with the base game and then go forward after we have this game and uh, and uh, like a little leg going, you know, get, get in the ball rolling, then we'll do more. But yeah, we have um, every now and then we're just sitting around watching TV or eating something. I get my ideas mostly from driving, driving to conventions. I'm driving all the time. And I hate it. I hate driving. <laughs> really passion. But uh, I, I passed the time talking to my wife and my dad and my mom, which were always, were always driving together. And I come up with ideas for games in the drives. And that's how I come up with, came up with most of the ideas for the future games of the company. I have about 21 titles, uh, ideas that I'm working. Cool. And there are six or seven that are actively being worked on. I have them right here in this little... Cigar boxes right here. This is one. This is a zombie game. Can't open oh. it though. Can't open it. <laughs> and I have this one. Which one is this one? This is a ooh, this is a fighting game with gods. Nice. It's really cool. This is one of my dad's ideas. What's this one? Oh, this is good. I can't even tell you the the <laughs> I can't even tell you the, the, the basics or the theme because I'll give it away. This is a really good I, – I really like this one. It, take that. It's a heavy, heavy take that game. I love it. Nice. Nice. So what the, what the listeners can't see is you're pulling out these these oh, yeah. pretty decent-sized boxes, and occasionally some game pieces will pop out. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, uh, a pet game that I came up with. This is early, early – I think the second one that I came up with, a, a pet game. We can play as a dog or a cat in a house. What's this other one? These will all be under Smart Iguana Games, most likely? Yes, yes. They're, they're all under the the, um, the company. And, you know, I think it'll be, 
think it'll be a really good, nice size company. We don't want to be, you know, Hasbro. That's <laughs> hey, uh, Cephalo Fair is one guy who made Gloomhaven. I think you can do anything you set your mind to. If right, I can right. do that. <laughs> but yeah, really, I really enjoyed ever since we um, we went through Gravity Warfare or the um, the process of um, you know getting the ideas, building the game, developing it, and making it into what it is right now. I really love it, and it, especially because this is such a great game to have uh, on the table and the fun excuse me <clears throat> the fun that creates for people or the fun that it gives people i want to make that happen more i want to make other games that people are playing like oh my god what just you know ecstatic or you know a lot of emotion in the game i want to create that as much as i can you know just to have people have fun you know yeah so that's that's what i want to do and that's where i want to get to um with these games. That's great. You literally blew my mind with all that stuff you have ready to go and all those ideas. So that's, that's incredible. Um, so, uh, as we're kind of wrapping up, um, I guess the question to you right now is, um, is there anything else that you specifically want to tell the listeners, uh, or even me about gravity warfare, um, or the Kickstarter for gravity warfare? Um, so we can make more people know uh, about it. Um, well, yeah, Gravity Warfare was a project that was created um, by a family, by a, a father of six, I might add, six of us, which was oh, crazy. Yeah. And, you know, you're supporting a a board gaming fun family that really wants to get this game out there and help you enjoy what we enjoyed when we were kids. And, and even more, because this is a much better game <laughs> than what we played when we were kids. But th- this is a really fun game. And... You know, we we put our heart and soul into it, and we just want to get it out there. We want to see it in the shelves. We want to see it in, you know, video somewhere, people playing and having a good time, taking selfies or whatever. You know, I, I would want to see this game uh, being brought out at libraries, at conventions. Oh, I want to try that game, Grab Warfare, and I see that, that little floating platform on a table back where it's like, oh, that's awesome. That's my game. That's It'll be really great. Awesome. Okay. Well, I think you're Our game, <laughs> definitely well on your way for that, uh, for sure. Um, so uh, that being said, uh, we didn't have any listener questions because we didn't put any out <laughs> for the people to, uh, to jump on. But I want to thank you, honestly. Um, this is so awesome. You're our first non-PSVG interview. So uh, this is big for us. So we're thrilled to have you. Um that being said, what, uh, let it, let our listeners and eventually your game players know uh, where they can find you. Feel free to plug whatever you want, Instagram, Facebook, Kickstarters, whatever. Okay. Yeah, I mean, find us on Kickstarter right now. That's our that's our big ticket item right now. Uh, please visit our campaign at Kickstarter. Just look up Gravity Warfare, and then you'll see us and you'll see my, my face explaining the game and where we come from. Um, but yeah, uh, like us on Facebook. It's really awesome. Uh, one thing I do want to add um, is you should look up if you're a board gamer and if your most of your audience are board gamers, um, look up this app called Game Four, uh, G A M E F O R, Game Four. It's an amazing app that you can find uh, people anywhere. You just look up. It's like a you know by area. You look up people that are playing a game or you can post a game that you're looking for players. If you ever found yourself looking for players at a convention and you can't find players fast enough, 
Or if you're looking for a game that you're just bored and you want to find a game, but everybody seems to have a game going on and, you know, they can't really set you in, this app is really awesome to have. You know, you can you can post a game that you have that you want to play and you're waiting for people and people just show up, hey, I want to join that game. And then you find players immediately or you can find people that are looking for players that you can't really see in the sea of tables and people playing. Yeah. You, know, you can see this, um, look up this app, you know, find a game and just be on your way to playing a new game and, and many new people, which is, you know, really what I want to do every time I go to conventions, meet new people, make, uh, make new friends and just bring the community together. Awesome. Well, I just downloaded it myself. Right. So now I know about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. a great app. It's a great idea. I met these guys at origins, uh, just a couple, couple weeks ago, three weeks ago. And I, the whole premise of the, of the app is amazing. I, I, I find myself in that, predicament every time i go to a convention i take a break from playing gravity warfare because i have thousands of hours <laughs> playing gravity warfare and i want to take a break you know play play another game and it just seems impossible to find a an open game that you can join and it's almost almost intimidating for some people uh yeah. to just walk up to a table i do it because I, I'm, I'm really open and extrovert I, I like talking to people but uh for some people it might not be and you can find this app you know, find a game, oh, I want to join, and you, you reserve your seat, and then you just walk over to wherever they're at and play with them. Or, like I said, looking for other players. So it's a really nice. cool app, and I love what they're doing. And anything that helps bring the community together of board gaming, I'm for it. I'm on it. Well, if you come to PAX Unplugged, we'll play some games with you while we're there. All right, that'll be great. Keep that on your radar. It's going to be big, I think, this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Cool. So uh, my plugs, just in case we have some extra listeners, maybe, uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Josh Bones, uh, Instagram. I really just want to follow our board with VG on Instagram. That's where I post all my gaming, uh, board gaming pictures and occasionally some video game pictures. Um, But I want to thank you guys for joining us. And remember, never stop gaming. All right. been a production of the play some video games podcast network find more great content at playsomevideogames.com <laughs>